This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Are you in love? Do you feel it in your stomach? Does it twist and turn and scream and burn and start to make you cry, but you like it? Don't want to let it slip away? Does it stretch into your throat until you don't know what to say? Does it hold you under its pillow in the night? It kills you with its passion and its endless beam of light? When you see yourself in the future, frail and gray, who do you want beside you when you wake to start your day? Yeah, it's extreme. I know what you're going to say. I'm being too dramatic, but this feeling feels this way. Are you in love? Do you feel it in your spine? Shaking, waking, tearing, breaking, taking a sweet time. But you want it. Yeah, you need it to breathe. You're never sure of what is pulling from its sleeve. If you said yes to all the things above, then yes, my friend, I'm sorry. It appears you're in love. This is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Before we jump into the episode, I want to give a small disclaimer. My bonus episodes are for inmates and their families to discuss their experiences within the prison system. Who I choose to interview is taken extremely seriously. Myself and my research team work diligently to bring concrete facts that we have researched. I am not here to take sides nor judge. Everybody has a right to exercise their voice just as much as I have the right to express my opinions, both legal and personal. I do not tolerate any form of disrespect. I will not be bullied nor harassed, threatened, nor condone any violent statements to intimidate or insinuate acts of violence. I do not intimidate easily. I will make you a personal project to see that you are prosecuted to the fullest extent. I would also like to note that I am protected by my First Amendment rights, which can be found within the Bill of Rights. If you have any concerns in regards to defamation of character, defamation laws may come into tension with freedom of speech, leading to censorship or chilling effects where publishers fear lawsuits. Article 10 of the European Convention of Human Rights permits restrictions on freedom of speech when necessary to protect the reputation or rights of others. Jurisdictions resolve this tension in different ways, in particular in determining, in determining whether the burden of proof lies when unfolded allegations are made. Though the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution was designed to protect freedom of press, 
For the most of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court neglected to apply First Amendment to libel cases involving media defendants. This left libel law based upon the traditional common law of defamation inherited from the English legal system mixed across the states. The 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan, dramatically altered the nature of libel law in the United States by elevating the fault element for public officials to malice. That is, public officials could win a libel suit only if they could demonstrate the publisher's knowledge that the information was false or that the information was public, I'm sorry, published with reckless disregard of whether it was false or not. Defamation law in the United States is much less plaintiff-friendly than its counterparts in European and the other Commonwealth countries. A comprehensive discussion of what is and what is not libel or slander under United States law is difficult, and the definition differs between different states and is further affected by federal law. Some states codify what constitutes slander and libel together, merging the concepts into a single defamation law. Although laws vary by state, in the United States, a defamation action typically requires that a plaintiff claiming defamation prove that the defendant, one, made a false and defamatory statement concerning the plaintiff, two, shared the statement with a third party that is somebody other than the person defamed by the statement, three, if a defamatory matter is of public concern, acted in a matter which amounted at least to negligence on the part of the defendant, four, caused damages to the plaintiff. So now that we have gotten that out the way, thank you again for tuning in. This is bonus episode 11, and we are going to move this show along. As you guys know, I have started a support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of incarcerated federal inmates. This is a nonprofit organization set to help both emotionally and mentally, but financial as well. To contact Fed Up Wives, please email fedupwives.org at gmail.com. The contact number is 404-927-8011. Please like and join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Organization. You guys have supported me, and now it is time for me to support you. Now back to the show. Hey guys, and welcome to bonus episode 11, part two. Now on this second half of bonus episode 11, I am um, interviewing Chad. Chad is Brooklyn's boyfriend. Brooklyn is Ashley Morgan's daughter. So I have a interview with him, guys. He tells his side of the story from what happened with him. If you can recall from the part one of bonus episode 11, Chad was actually shot in the leg during this altercation. And at the time he was 16 years old. So I have a sit down interview with him as well as, of course, my conversations with Jojo and Michelle. And we talk about... um Matthew and express our feelings toward the situation. Um, both Michelle and Jojo can kind of understand, um, 
how important it is to tell your story, to speak of your innocence, and also about forgiveness and putting themselves in the shoes of the families and the victims' um, families. So um, we just get real, guys. We really get real. We get a bit emotional, but I will say this is probably one of the most uh, serious segments that we have had thus far. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining me on this part two. You are truly, truly appreciated. Again, totally off, off script. This is something new that I've added to um, my podcast. So Friday's um, bonus episodes will consist of the stories, the stories of inmates, their families, their loved ones, um, giving their experiences with the, pris- with the prison system. And of course, you'll get snippets of me and my husband. I mean, because this is our journey. But those conversations will be exclusive on the bonus channel on iTunes. You have to be a paid subscriber to subscribe to me and my husband's segment of Wetlock Chronicles. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. And this is bonus episode 11, part two. And I am going to jump into my interview with Chad. So um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the situation um, that happened. And just give me like your insight. Um, Christy was saying that you had some things that you wanted to talk about anyway. So um, first of all, thank you for um, taking the time to talk to me. I am, I apologize that, you know, you guys had to encounter that crazy ordeal, but how old were you when this happened? Uh, 16. And you are what now? 18. 18 years old. Okay. Um, now did you know what anything about what happened with Ashley prior to this situation? I mean, um, Brooklyn prior to this situation. Wait, yes, did you know, did you have any idea what had taken place with Brooklyn before, um, this situation happened? Like with the tattoo no. and, you know, the inappropriate behavior or anything like that? The tattoo, yes, not not none of that stuff. stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Just like, um, like a day or two before it happened. Mhm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know anything like that happened. Okay, now put me in the car with you on June the fourth. Tell me, tell me how the events took place from from your perspective, like from. From what you can remember. From when we left? From when you guys got in the car on the way to the tattoo shop. So we were on the way. We weren't, yeah, so we weren't really talking that much, but I, I don't remember what was said in the car, but as soon as we pull up, we pull up on the other side of the parking lot and I see Chris go in his shop. He comes back out. As soon as we all get out the car, he starts. He ducks down a little bit and then starts shooting like no words were said at all. He just started shooting. And a couple seconds later, my leg feels weird. And I turned around and went straight back to the car. And then as I was getting in, Brooke and Bree were getting in. And a couple seconds later, 
Ashley and John got back in. So you didn't even know you had gotten shot. Hmm? You didn't even know that you had gotten shot. I just, I just know I got shot. I didn't see them get shot or anything like that. Well, no, no. I'm saying you didn't even know when you got shot. You just felt something. Your leg felt weird, but you didn't even realize like, oh my God, I just got shot. Oh yeah. I didn't realize I was in the car. Um, when you said um, he bent down, Christy, Christy said the same thing, like as if he like squatted to like get in some type of position or something. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what he did. He ducked down a little bit and then started shooting. Wow. Um, oh, wow. So so tell me about the previous altercation. Uh, she mentioned to me that you guys had a previous altercation. What happened? Oh, with me and Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were at Ashley's house. He comes and gets his daughter. And uh, he, he, I don't remember anything of what he said. He just, he just came up to me, started saying some stuff, and then he slapped me. As I was, I was sitting, too. So. He, he just slapped me. So. You're 16 years old. He comes and yep. picks up his daughter. Yep. And just puts his hands on you? Exactly. Okay, so, Chad, let me ask you a question. How do your parents feel about all this? Like, how do they feel about you being shot, about you being slapped by this man? Just just everything. Like, how do your parents feel? Well, they don't know about him slapping me, I don't think, but... They just, they basically just wanted me to stay away from all the people and stuff when I got shot. Right. That's basically what they were doing. So do you and Brooklyn still talk? Uh, no. So you guys are not even girlfriend and boyfriend anymore. Is it because of all of this? Oh, no, that's not why now. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm not going to dig in, <laughs> in your business about that, but I just, I just had to ask. I, I didn't know. I, you know. Yeah, we, like, I'm still cool with her, like, um, I've talked to her, like, uh, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I talked to her after that. Um, okay, at, at the age that you are now and everything that you can, you know, recall that happened, and now that you kind of know what prompted everything to, um, you know, turn out the way it did. Do you think that John was in the wrong to try and protect basically all of you? No, I think he's a hero for that. I think he should get like a whole medal for some for that. He, he don't. He does not deserve thirty. Yeah, and yeah, then. I totally agree. Um, you know, the stand your ground law in Florida. Basically, he should have. He should have you know, been okay with that because he did not have, he didn't even have time to even try to retreat. Um, it's almost like you guys were basically ambushed. So I don't even understand how yeah, that we basically were. I, I, I heard rumors about there was people, uh, hiding on the side waiting, but they, I guess they didn't do anything. Wow. So tell me, Chad, how, how has this situation like affected you? Um, just from everything you went through. I mean, who wants to be shot at 16 years old? 
and then just being a part of just a crazy situation that played out in the news, you know, just played out everywhere. How how has it affected you? I mean, I don't know to be honest, but I found it kind of funny when one of Chris's friends texted me after that mm-hmm. and said something. And I actually saw that person at Salt Life and he didn't say anything. So I thought that was pretty funny. So were you were you guys being harassed? Like, were you guys being bullied at any point? You know, I went to his social media and I really saw a lot of um, posts. Um, a lot of posts saying, you know, oh, we're going to ride or die with you. You know, a lot of puff up posts or whatever. And um, it seems like it was a lot of gaslighting. Um, I really wonder if... You know, if you guys were really bullied or, or threatened or anything um, within that situation, because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really think the story ever came out. I don't think he ever admitted or anybody ever came out and started talking about like even the allegations um, from Brooklyn and just other um, females. I, I just I'm, I'm going to hope and pray that other grown people with kids are not condoning behavior like this and that they just had no idea. But there has to be a reason um, why Ashley and John even wanted to even pull up on this man. So um, were were you threatened or bullied at any point during this? I was not, no, but I did get a text from that person I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't really threatened but was more like indirectly so so he basically said something something smoking on your family that's all i know wow wow i know your parents really um probably want to just kind of keep you away from from everything especially after being shot i don't even know what yeah, I would they, do. They kept telling me to stay away from Ashley and her family and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't really see it the way they do. I see them as family, too, so. hmm I mean, yeah. and they were protecting. I mean, Ashley's a mom. I mean, she's going to be protective of her daughter. And John, thank God, um, you know, he, I mean, he, Chris put put them in a in a in a position that they had no choice you know but to respond the way they responded i'm just glad that you guys um was okay i mean i hate that you had to be shot at 16 years old so how how did this how did being shot affect you um i I just got in the car looked at my leg i was like oh i'm bleeding and then Ashley told me to put my leg above my head so, like, I wouldn't, so, like, the, I, don't, I don't remember what exactly it was for, but yeah. she just wanted me to put my leg, like, up high. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably to, then, probably to stop the bleeding or, or maybe for you not to pass out or something like that. I, I don't really, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, I think that. it's something to that effect. Um, well, you are a brave, you were, you were a brave kid because you were 16. So you were, you was a kid, but you was a brave kid. Um, do you fault any of them? I mean, are you, you know, are you feeling mad? Were you mad because this all happened? You know, you got caught in between something or do you just really understand, um, everything is pretty much justified? 
the only person I'm mad at for this is Chris. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not want to see him in person. And let me ask you something, Chad. How do you feel about the fact that he's still, that, you know, nothing ever happened to him? You know, you know, Chris was a convicted, is a convicted felon, um, from my understanding, and he was never arrested. John oh, was yeah, arrested. I'm mad about that because I, I know, I know he's classified as a snitch to the cops and stuff, so. Yes, I, I heard that too. I, I know that. Oh, wow. That's why they're not doing anything. Do you want to see any justice? Like, what do you want to see happen? I want to see him serve time. That's what I want to see. So he should pretty much trade places with John, huh? Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly what I want to see. I can definitely understand that. I really can. But again, I'm sorry that, you know, you had to even go through all of that. Like I told Christy, you know, if you ever want to talk more about it, um, if it's, is it anything that you want to say right now? You know, like I've asked you a lot of questions, but is it anything that you want to say on your own about everything? Um, well, I don't feel like Ashley should be in jail at all for this because she, she just wanted to go talk, like to defend her daughter and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't think she should be in jail for that. That is stupid. Yeah. And like, I look at her like a mom because she took care of me for three months. Yeah. Yeah. I, st I, I call her mom to this day. Yeah. And was your sister in the car? Well, who is Brianna, your sister? No, she was our friend. She's okay. our friend. Yeah. Okay, so she was a, a, a friend. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully, you know, Christy has definitely been, you know, doing her job and telling the story, trying to get it out there. Um, you know, I, I talked to her yesterday. I did my interview with her, well, day before yesterday. But... Yeah, I was just with her the other day. Okay, okay. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm hoping that this will put some light onto the situation and hopefully, you know, it'll it'll, you know, provoke some things to start happening. Um, just from her telling the story because she's definitely out here, you know, advocating for her daughter. And I'm quite sure that Ashley, even from the inside, is doing the same. I'm gonna talk to her next week. But um, like I said, I, I'm going to talk to Ashley yeah, next week. Um, You know, do my interview with her. <clears throat> but if there's ever a time that you, you know, you feel like you want to talk more about it, um, you have my number, you can call, text, or, or do whatever. And I just want to thank you for taking the time out. And again, I mean, I just can't stop apologizing for what happened to you because you were 16 years old. Like, that's just horrible. It's right. it, <laughs> yeah. If there's any other questions you want to ask, you you can ask them. I don't really mind. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to just conclude it from here, and I'm I have a lot of more research to do, a lot of more a lot of more digging to do. So I will definitely um reach out to you again. But like I said, I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me, and um just have a, a wonderful night. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to help out, Ashley. Yeah, that's that's what this is all for. And and John, I, I really wish it was something. I mean, he just got caught in a sticky situation. You know, being a convicted felon with a with a firearm, and then I I want to say he was on probation or or something like that. All of those 
um, factors play into his uh, sentencing, but I still feel as though it should have been a self-defense straight up, like, closed case. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see why he's getting 30 years Yeah, for that. Like, me either. Me either. That's a lot. I, I don't either, but he's definitely in my prayers, and, um, you know, the story is about him, too. You know, he, he was affected probably the most when it comes to his life just being messed up for 30 years you know yeah. um so yeah but thank you chad for talking to me like i said um i'll be calling you again um probably next week or so and if you have anything you know you want to share with me or something comes to mind an idea you know something you you just forgot but you remember now you can always call me oh i, I basically remember most of it okay. just not what was said at the house and yeah. not what was said in the car. Okay. That's don't that's like the only thing I don't remember. Okay. But other than that, from everything that you can remember, you definitely know that you guys got out that car and all hell broke loose. Yep. It's just unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But, all right, well, I want you to have a good night. And like I said, if I remember anything, you remember anything or anything like that, I will contact you or you can contact me, okay? Okay. All righty, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. So, I am going to take um, a few posts that I found on Chris's social media platform and I'm going to read some of the uh, messages. Now, I'm not going to um, disclose anyone's name, uh, the people that post these actual messages. Of course, I'm going to respect their privacy, but again, you know, let me remind you guys that I am protected by the First Amendment. Um, but that's just not really my style. So I'm not going to go into who said it um, or anything like that. But I do want to share some of the posts that was posted on his wall um, soon after he was shot and a couple of days after that. So let me just say this. These posts are from friends, uh, family who are supporters of him. So, of course, most of these posts are a lot of encouraging words, um, prayers for his healness, um, for him to be able to have a speedy recovery, etc., etc. I also want to point out that um, I am going to hope and pray that majority of these people had no idea of what actually was the reason behind this entire altercation took place. When you have loved ones, your friends, your family, and something happens to them, of course, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to be protective. You're going to want to post. You're going to want some encouraging words. Um, you're even probably going to gaslight the situation and start posting about the people that have harmed them, um, looking for answers, looking for people to, you know, know if they heard anything, seen anything, know what these people are. So I totally, totally understand and get these posts. But after hearing the story, after hearing Chad's uh, recollection, after hearing Christie's recollection, um, just knowing the story in its entirety, 
it's very, it, it bothers me. It completely bothers me because these allegations um, about, you know, inappropriate behavior with, with uh, teenage girls and not even the thought as to what prompted this entire situation is something that definitely puts a bad taste in my mouth. And it makes me question a lot because one thing I will tell you about myself and anybody that is around me, I'm really big on taking responsibility. I am really big on you being responsible for the things that you do, standing up on it, owning it, um, and doing whatever you need to do. If there was someone in my life that I supported, I loved, you know, cause I'm very supportive. I love hard. I'm, I'm protective, you know, but I'm going to question motive. Sometimes I'm going to want to know why did all this happen? What made this entire situation blow up the way it did? There's no way that something just happened for no reason out the blue. There's no way that two adults are coming to your shop to confront you just about what the sky is not the blue that you said it was. So for me being the person that I am, I am extremely analytical. I'm going to want to know what made these people pull up to the point that it got, it is escalated to you taking five shots a child being shot, two adults are now in prison serving time, one for 30 years and, and one for uh, five years of sentencing to only do three. There's a story behind this, guys. There is a story behind this, and it's very disturbing to read so much positive, encouraging words, and nobody is saying, hmm, what happened? What happened? So again, I'm going to read some of the posts and like I said before I'm not going to get too much into you know um where they came from or anything like that but um shortly after um he was shot posts start coming up on his wall um even right after and you know after recovery of things of that nature so this one post that I saw says this is the this is one of the strongest people I know in my life five shots to the body one of them hitting his tatting arm and he's already tatting again. They said it would be two to three months before he tatted again, but it's day five out of the hospital and he's tatting again. God is good. Next post. Y'all busters couldn't stop him. Five shots and he will be back with a vengeance. Next post. The white Tupac. Five bullets, five star artist. All surgeries are completed and successful. Praise the Lord. He is still in great spirits and says to tell everyone he loves you all and will see you soon. Continue prayers for a quick and comfortable recovery. Uh, another post. Big shout out to Chris. Happy birthday, my dude. Stay strong. You got plenty of support over. Uh, you got plenty of support out here. Next post. First of all, let me make this very clear, clear on Chris, beha uh, on his behalf. There was, there was no ongoing feud with anyone at his business. All of this was caused over some teenage drama and adults not being humans and making meth head decisions. We don't have drama or feud at our business. Just wanted to make it clear 
because you guys totally fucked that part up. Florida Times Union. Okay, next post. I spoke with him for a little while this morning. He was in good spirits. He was still in pain, but says not as much as he was yesterday. He wanted me to thank each and every one of you and tell you all he'll be home soon. He knows he had an angel on his shoulder that night. He says he's never dreamed it would go down like that. Lesson learned. Everyone is not your friend. People should really learn to appreciate life a little more and just love each other. Next post. Let's get Chris the justice he deserves. We are a strong community and come together every time. Chris has come so far in life and made big changes. He doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve this. Seems like it was just yesterday we was talking about him, about getting a tattoo, and he invited me and my kids to check out his shop. Nobody deserves this. When is all this violence going to stop? Um Next post, a good, hardworking family man, son, brother, uncle, friend, and loving father is shot not once, not twice, five times while at his place of business. This man is, this is a good man that doesn't go out looking for trouble nor messes with anyone outright, amazing human being. And we can't post our prayers, thoughts, feelings, nor spread the word of who tried to make this man's life out of pure ignorance without Facebook taking it down or putting us in Facebook jail. But we can post innocent people getting beat damn near to death. The actual video showing the crime, people blurring, blurring and tearing up. We're not posting anything vulgar or inappropriate. Well, this is what we think of you and your Facebook jail. Fuck you. I'll come. I'll continue to post my prayers and so will his family and friends. I know and I'll make a thousand new pages to continue. Every time you kick me out, I'll make a new one. This is pure bullshit. If anything should be taken down or put in Facebook jail, try the horrific videos people post of innocent people getting hurt or children getting abused. Hmm. I mean, come on, this shit, this shit is ass backwards. So fuck off Facebook, Sheriff, to the families of Chris. My prayers still go out to you. That was interesting. Um, now you have a few posts that were made where Ashley and John Kite pictures were posted up. And these are the pictures and posts that Facebook um, had removed. So this is another person saying, I will not be silenced. My post was removed. Please share. Our neighborhoods are not safe with this man running loose as his accomplice. This act of violence in Nassau County should not be stood for at this point. So again, um, they're pretty much upset because Facebook took their post down. Um, Typically because it's considered bullying and harassing when you're tagging um, other people. Next post. Chris, you ready? I am ready to ride or die with Yuli brothers. And we will make it right. The Reaper will be with us. Brothers in arms. Next post. This guy, I'm sorry, this is the guy that tried to kill my friend Chris. Apparently, he's hiding. Everybody keep an eye out for him. 
Chris's shop was a kid-friendly, family-oriented place, and to think of this guy had the audacity to shoot him five times. Please help us get justice for Chris. And this is where they had um, Ashley and John Kite's picture also attached to this post. I also found a GoFundMe page that was made um, in the description, it says last night, um, he was shot five times, leaving him almost lifeless. He was shot in the stomach, in the back, which lacerated a tube that connects his bladder to his kidneys through his pelvic area, which destroys some of his intestines and in his wrist, leaving him with a fractured radius. He is highly sedated and on a breathing machine for now until they don't have to sedate him as much. And I am going to assume that this GoFundMe was made um, due to the comments, um, the, due to the comments that I heard about him not being able to work and how being shot affected him tattooing. But if you can remember, he was back tattooing five days later. Next post, please creep, please keep Chris and his family in your prayers. This gun violence has got to stop. And those are pretty much some of the posts that I read. Again, they're from loved ones. They're some for some for from supporters and friends. You guys can form your own opinion um, about those posts, um, as I have already given you mine. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. I just wanted to share some of those posts for you to give you an insight. But this is bonus episode. 11 part two and now um i'm going to jump into conversations with myself jojo and michelle so thank you guys again for tuning in bonus episode 11 part two hi ladies hey how are you ladies oh my god there's the fool how y'all doing today It's going great. We missed you last week. I yeah. know. I know. It was so much going on. Um, whew, this this story of Matthew Baker um, has really um, just really affected me. Just hearing his letter and his story, I just really wanted to um, open my platform up for his mom to be able to talk, tell his story. And then I was able to talk to him last week on a um video visit so that was super cool to talk to him and he's just uh he's just really remarkable to have whew, that kind of faith that he have and forgiveness that he have um and be so positive about what he got going on it's just it's extraordinary to me because i i would i would be so angry um if i was in that position right now i'm not even gonna front i really would be but um yeah that um that is what i had going on last week how has you ladies week been um your weekend it just passed since i didn't talk to you anything interesting and new happened well for me um nothing new or interesting but just trying to re-enroll in school um me and jojo we're trying to get back in school and I since I had lapsed a quarter from being transferred from the prison to here it kind of kicked me out so it's like a little struggle trying to get back in I have to sign this go back and won't let me do this uh, and I still ain't fully registered yet but you know we're getting to it it's kind of aggravating but I'm just ready to just because the school starts on April the 4th 
So mm-hmm. I'm just ready to have my classes um, set in stone so I can just be mentally prepared. But other than that, the same old thing, you know, working, um, researching some stuff for my businesses, you know, S-Corps, LSC, just trying to figure out what's the best route and just trying to be productive and um, while I'm here, just try to get things done, like building my credit, just doing things that I can do while I'm here for when I get out. I can have a little smoother transition. I got my, oh yeah, my license too. I got that finally fixed. I thought I was going to have to pay a million dollars for this SR22A insurance. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. good and I didn't have to pay that much. Um, that's handled. So now I'm going to go get my license and I'm so happy so I can have that when I get out. So when I go ahead and just get my car, you know, I ain't got to worry about that. So you know okay. what? It, it sounds been... like you're making great progress. I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing yeah. good. You you not yeah. you got some things checked off your list. That's good. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I'm, I can say I'm blessed. But yeah, Ma- uh, Matthew's story. I read a little bit about it, and it touched my heart deeply. Like I was in tears because it's so yeah. sad. It's so sad. And um, I was just thinking about when you said um how positive. Uh, how much faith he got and, and even facing his situation it made me think about myself because I was the same way and people thought I was crazy like oh my god like you're you're not going crazy like you don't want to and, and I, I I've never been like that and look what it's got me it's got me my relief it took 12 years but at the end of the day I feel like my perception and, and my faith and my hope is what got me out of that place and I feel like he's going to get out too he is going to get out especially with that kind of attitude and you know what i i um just to not i don't mean to interrupt you but a lot of a lot of him does remind me of your story a lot of um his positivity um even his journey even where he is where he is right now you guys attitude is pretty much the same you know you always said if i wasn't here you know what i would be doing you know this this helped change my life so he says the same exact thing. Um, it's a lot of similarities um, from me talking to you from where you was before to now. The conversation is almost identical. No lie. It really is. Um, and I think that's another reason why his story touched my heart too because you know, just knowing what you went through and, and, and as your friend, it, it just... Oh, I'm finna get emotional. It it know, just me too. We're not gonna do this, right? Me too. Oh my god, it it just it it bothers me on a level I can't really explain. It's like I wanted to break you out of jail. I want to break him out of jail, and it's like being it's like you know it's like quick. I always say it's like quicksand. It's like you're you're getting sucked in the quicksand, and I got my hand, you know, right here. You know what I'm saying? But everything else is is just making it not strong enough for, for for me to pull for for your family to pull for his family to pull um because of just how corrupt and just the injustice within the whole entire situation and um the conversation is really identical no lie um and just with me talking to him i'm like dang you know you just talking to this 24 year old and He's so calm, you know, he's so calm. You was extremely calm. He's very calm. It's just, it's, it's, it's really crazy. It's, it's really, really crazy. And what I admire the most is the guy, Jacob, who is actually the one who, um, you know, killed those four people. 
He's mm-hmm. advocating for him just as hard as anybody else. I heard. He, I have letters, um, emails from JPay. Um, this boy, even though he has schizophrenic, you know what I'm saying? He has a mental illness, but on medication, off medication, in the right frame of mind, in the wrong frame of mind, he's sticking to the same script. He's telling the same story and he's really out here trying his best to get this boy out of jail. As a matter of fact, he told me that he signed his plea because he thought that once he signed his plea and he admitted responsibility, that it was going to confirm Matthew getting out. So when he and and when he realized that's not what happened, he just like lost it. You know, um, on my interview, I asked Matthew, was he mad at him? Because I don't think anybody ever just really asked that question. You know, I don't know for some reason. Lately, when I've been interviewing the families and these people, you know, everybody always be crying. I'm like, oh, my God, please don't stop the crying. But I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's the questions that I'm asking that's resonating with them. But I don't think anybody ever asked him, was he mad at Jacob? And he really was like, I love that man. Yeah, you can't be mad at him about no mental illness. You know, but it's a lot of people who I'm telling you, like myself in the beginning, I would have been so well, not mad at him because of course, you know, he can't control himself or, you know, when you're mentally ill, like I don't really think people extent understand the extent of that, but just being angry at the situation, like why he had to call this girl and I had to be like, I would have been mad at each step of the way leading up to that point. Um, but he's not. And I just think, for him to even express that, that was just, you know, that was really big to me. Mm. But, um, yeah, so it's a fight, you know what I'm saying? But I believe he's going to be okay just the same way I believe that you was going to be okay. And um, I really don't have a doubt in my mind about that either. Like, I don't, nothing in my spirit or my body just gives like that, you know that mm, not really sure i don't i don't feel that way i just i feel so positive about it but um yeah so jojo what's up with you ma'am you know i was listening to the conversation just like when uh, when michelle actually shared it with me like i was literally like i was messed up and i'm still messed up about it for real um just because once you know more about the system from the inside and also from the outside, you just begin to get like even more upset because it's like you you guys know this isn't right. Y'all mm-hmm. know this ain't right. Mm-hmm. Y'all know it's not right. So then what then it's like what is it about? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, like what is this about? So yeah, when Michelle shared that with me, I came to her like this following day and was like, Man, I was really jacked up like like literally in tears just just like when I got to the end of the letter, like I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even read. I got to the point where I was reading it and I just, I couldn't hold my emotions. And I just was, I had to remember like, this is my podcast. Fuck it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I got to cry or, or I mean, it just, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's hard for, even in one of Jacob's letter, he actually says, there's not a, a person on a jury that will hear this story and not know that this boy is innocent. Like, if you have a heart, 
you're not gonna believe you know you're not gonna believe this you know what i'm saying like like it's it's just oh it's just so irritating and frustrating but i wanted to ask you guys something uh, a few questions just like you know in this in this frame of mind that we're in right now um and really jojo you made a great point because lately um i have had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me about helping them share their story now you know i originally wanted my podcast to be about my journey with my husband the obstacles the ups and downs and it's still going to be that but i cannot not use my platform for people to express themselves and tell their story and use their voice so I've had to figure out how to restructure, how to, you know, incorporate these other people's stories because now my emails and my DMs are flooded. And I'm going to tell you something that I realized that I don't even think I ever paid attention to this. And this this is the honest to God truth. What you see about people on paper in black and white when you read people's charges. Right. It makes you um, immediately judge them, like, oh hell no, I'm not touching that. Um, and what I have grown to know, especially being Michelle's friend, nah, Rashid, you need to talk to these people. It might be more to this, because it's not everything that I see is not what it is when I talk to these people. Like when I call and I talk to these people, families or do these interviews. I, I tell you no lie. I went to my mom about a case that I'm I'm helping somebody with right now. And my mom literally looked at me and told me, do not tell her any more of this story. It really started pissing my mom off. So I'm learning that everything, like for instance, child endangerment. You read that as, as a person like me, I read that. I, I have a major issue with anybody touching kids, bothering kids, harming kids, anything with some children. Children and old people to me off limits. But when I read that, I'm immediately like, oh, child endangerment. Uh Uh-uh. But then I find out, oh, well, because somebody molested your child and you went and confronted this person and a fight broke out, oh, that's why it's child endangerment. So it's just the details in it that you just don't know until you have this conversation because what's on black and white just makes people look like some monsters, monsters. period. Yeah. Rashida, yes. I want to add to that, you know, before you keep going because, you know, definitely context. The, the justice system or the criminal justice system, they would like to leave out context mm-hmm. because context humanizes you mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. when you learn more about what surrounds that person's emotions and behaviors and actions you begin to say hey this person is a human like me you know so when they they rather strip you of that um, quality of humanity and paint you off in a very black and white 2d figure so you can make those judgments so they can per- perpetuate injustice so they can perpetuate mass incarceration. Like when you were just talking about how you wanted your podcast, well, your original plans were to, um, you know, follow follow the um, uh, follow you and your husband um, as he's incarcerated, and it has grown to uh, to a larger audience and a larger proportion. 
I mean, simply because you and your husband's journey is the same journey that has happened in so many black and brown families, mm-hmm. so many underclass pe- people that have a lower class because it's not always about race as, as much as it's about poverty. I mean, we're talking about like when you tell one story, it is all of our stories. Mm-hmm. Like Michelle was, Michelle was making the connection to her as well as you can make that connection. You know, when I, um, you know, I thought Michelle was slow. I'm like, what the hell wrong with this child? <laughs> but I mean, for real, and in, in, in all actuality, I read, um, she wrote a spiritual biography that I had to read when they um, were graduating. Um, and, the, you know, they just had them out on display. And I picked up Michelle's. There was a lot of them. I picked up Michelle's. That's my friend. I read it. And I was literally crying at the graduation. Like, man, because the first thing she says was like, you know what? When they sentenced me, I knew that I was not going to do it. Like, I just looked at them and just kept it going. That is faith, like immeasurable faith. Yeah. So, yeah. That is, that's just what I want to add. So, this is a three part question, right? And I'm. Oh, my mind is all over the place, but I'm I'm gonna try to put this question together as best that I can. So, knowing with with the internet, you know, it's so easy to Google. You know, everything is public knowledge. If I want to know about Michelle, if I want to know about JoJo, if I want to know about Matthew, if whatever I want to know, I can go straight to Google. And if you really, really savvy and smart, you really know how to really dig deeper and just really find out what you want to know. So, with knowing all of this stuff as as two women that have been dealing with, you know, the prison system. How important, first of all, is it to tell your story? And how is it, how important is it to express your innocence? Well, for me, um, well, with speaking of black and white, like, mine is a prime example because when I was offered my five-year plea, I was a child of God. After I turned down the five-year plea and wasn't doing what they wanted me to do, oh, I became a prostitute. I became a getaway driver. I became, you know, I was all these things. But before, when when you was when my story was the truth, you was listening to my story, I was a child of God. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it bothered me. It bothered me extremely. Like, it bothered me. And, you know, I was so distraught over it. Like, my mom, like, everybody. They was like, oh, my God. But, you know, people who knew me know that, that was not the truth. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of people that don't know me and that will judge me. You know, I mean, they still do. Like, people like, I read your story. You was a, you worked for that girl. You was a girl. So I'm like, hell no. I want to look like working for her. Like, that's crazy. Like, right. you know, I get in my, you know, I'm like, no, like, that, that's not the truth. But at the end of the day, I, like, it, it is important for me to tell my story. And I have told my story over and over again. And some people might not believe it. You know what I'm saying? Some people believe it. But at the end of the day, I know my truth. And God knows my truth. And people who know me know my truth. So um, I just, I got to keep moving in life. You know, if it is what it is. It's out there. And regardless of what it says, you know, I'm Michelle, and I am a whole new person today, and I cannot, I cannot let it affect me. I can't. I have to just keep pushing forward and telling my story, trying to help the next person. I got to reach back and help the next Michelle or the next Matthew, you know, so I can't, I can't let that bother me no more, but it did. It bothered me a lot, heavy, you know, but hey, I just got to keep on going and, and try to just speak my truth. I think, like, keeping going is like very important and I feel like telling your story is definitely significant like 
you know, when uh, when I went to take a 10-year plea for aggravated assault, they were okay. But when I told them that I don't want to take that because I didn't do anything, you know, that's when they wanted to, send, to sentence me to 40 years and serve 20. Like, <laughs> because I was like, you know, because I proclaimed innocence. That's what they do. So in the same breath, um, telling my story is important because it's not unique. That's the sad part. Mm-hmm. That is the saddest part, Rashid. It's a lot of people's it's stories. It's not unique. Just like the story with you and your husband, the story with your husband, it's not. It's a story that's repeated over and over again. And I'm just thinking, how many times do we got to tell the damn story for y'all to realize that this shit ain't right? Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not. So now putting yourself in the shoes of the victims and the victims' families who have been affected by, you know, what 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 like with in Matthew's case, you know, let's just say, you know, you got four families who children are now gone. Um, Matthew's mom, who I I take my hat off to her because the whole interview, she continuously kept saying at first she was angry with the parents. Then she's like, I had to put myself in their shoes. Like, you know, I Mm -hmm. think I would die without my child. Um, Mm -hmm. even down to the fact when she started talking about the new trial coming up, she's like, you know, I really hope that they don't do this on the anniversary. Like, I hope that they don't make these people relive, you know. Now, mind you, on the flip side, they are dragging her and her son through the mud. I mean, they are, they have sent messages of violence. Oh, he needs to die. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. And I just think it's commendable for her and her son to continuously say, all we can do is just pray for them. All we can do is just pray for them. Um, If you put yourself in those victim shoes, you know, and I've done it, tried to do it myself with just thinking about all this stuff. I know you have tunnel vision. I know that anger. I know how anger can just have you just looking one way. You get so angry, you don't even want to hear the truth. But at the same time if if seeking the truth means that someone else did it that's where i need to be that's what i need to focus on i could not live with myself knowing that my anger put an innocent person away so putting the victims um you being in the victim's shoes like what 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 would you say like like i mean we, we know there's forgiveness we know there's there's sorry but what would you say? You know what I'm saying? Like, like how, how, how do you even address a situation like that? Um, when these people are so hurt, you know what I mean? Like, like how, how would you address that situation? I mean, even like with Michelle, like you, you've had, you have, have you had to address anybody yet? No, but I want to, I really want to, um, um, I, 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 I'm just confused because, like, in a lot of situations, when it's a lot of co-defendants like that, and it's usually when everybody gets time like that, no one wants, to, no one takes the says I, I did it. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's placing blame on everybody else. But for somebody to sit up there and say I did it, but he didn't do it, and they still got him, that's just that don't make no sense. I, I don't even think I ever heard of something like that. 
That is insane because usually when they keep everybody like that, nobody's saying, everybody's blaming everybody else. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just don't understand. And if I was a victim and I'm thinking like, okay, well, it, I read or I know that the boy admitted to it, saying he did it, you know. But what messed up was because they all took pleas except him. So they so no he Matthew hasn't even been to trial yet but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna tell you what's really messed up about this and and I I had I did a little bit of research before I even um before this episode actually really drops um you know I I I read about what accessory after the fact means and 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 when you are the principal in in the in a crime you're the person who did it you're the person who acted acted it out and put it all together even if although matthew is not an accessory why they're giving him that that charge i have no idea but even if you was trying to make that stick do you know that i read that an accessory can only get half of the time that the actual principal does but let me tell y'all jacob has been sentenced to i think it's either 140 or 160 years do you know that they're trying to give matthew the death penalty can you please make me understand that right and he's the only black boy right yes (laughs) that's what that's what's the understanding yeah georgia has no party of a crime just like me and my co-defendants um everybody except the dude at turn state everybody got had a life sentence you know, like, even though the dude, the turn state said that the other dude shot the dude and everything and, you know, whatever, but everybody, you know what I'm saying, everybody still got life sentences just because, even if, you know, you around Georgia, it just fucked up like that. And Georgia it, and, and, and it, it just, it, oh, it, it like, <laughs> oh, I'm tongue tied, but my whole thing is per the law, and we just talking about the law that's like literally out there in books. This man is not even supposed, if he got 160 years, that means that half is 15 or 14 or whatever, but you're offering this boy the death penalty, but yet the person that actually is the principal that actually killed these four people, he gets the chance to live, but you want to kill Matthew. He's black. Not only is he a big issue, but see, with the accessory. They have to, they have to prove that there's no intent. And so the fact that they're saying that he intended to go there with them, it takes him out of that ruling for accessory. And it only makes him party to the crime in which they don't have that law. I was incarcerated with a girl who she gave some people a ride to the trailer park. I mean, they, they went in there, robbed somebody. She went home. She didn't know what happened. Three weeks later, they come arrest her, and she's serving a life sentence right now because it wasn't about accessory, okay? Like, I know about this crime, and I'm knowingly committing it with you. And then, you know, it wasn't about that. It was about the fact that when they claim that you intend to do something, which is what they're putting on Matthew, it's no longer accessory. And 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 it's 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 so messed up because they actually have really formed in their own brains what happened because the truth the truth of the matter is like if 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 they want to be technical Jacob called a girl named Brooke Jacob called Brooke Brooke was the one who owned the car and Brooke was the one who had the cell phone Matthew didn't have a cell phone or a car 
So she, he called her like, hey, come pick me and my sister up. These people trying to jump us or, or whatever his story was. Matthew was the passenger in the car. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when and when they got there, from my understanding, he had already done everything that he had done. So I'm still but but you let the four people that was in the car get obstruction of justice and go home and Matthew is there is being an accessory. Now tell me if I'm wrong, but when you put the accessory on the person who he called to come pick him up, who got the car? Okay. Yes, for real. He is a black person in the state of Georgia, yeah. a young black boy. In here, well, yeah, here we come. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's, that's, that's their job. Yeah. White County with four white people dead. We are in a plantation. This is yeah, slavery. It is. Like, they do not want to see black men procreate anymore in the state of Georgia. Jim Crow, baby. Period. But you know what I was thinking of, Rashida? I was thinking of um, the, the they're not gonna get away with this. No, they're not. They think they're gonna get away with it. They're not. But they're not gonna get away with this. Okay. And as long as you keep doing what you're doing, like you are helping people like him, people like Michelle, people like myself. Like yeah, really. I I'm gonna be honest with you. I I can't like I I just I I just have I'm by nature I'm a humanitarian. I'm a protector, and you know, anything that I can do, you know, even my prayers, you know, I know God listening. I know prayers work, but I also do know that biblically they can't get away with it. You know what I mean? Like biblically that's, that's even, that's a, that's a bigger power that they have to answer to for taking to, for taking someone's life or, or just, you know, I, you know, it makes me think sometimes you just never know what these people be going through behind closed doors when they go home. They probably alcoholics, a roaster of the liver. Yeah, they probably yeah. suffer in ways that we would never even know because they're so crooked and corrupt. It's just disgusting to me. You know, it's really disgusting to me. Um, and I don't know, like, like I said earlier, um, at first I thought the smart thing to do was if you get arrested you know, ask for your lawyer. But hell, at this point, I'd rather just take a chance on myself, Elma Fudd, Donald Duck, anybody, because <laughs> these damn attorneys, it's like you do a better job than them, and they get paid. Okay. And you know, you you heard um, when Matthew wrote in that letter how it, those uh, attorneys pro bono were, came from another state, to help them, and they turned them away. Yeah, the exonerees. It was three exonerees that was willing to come help, and they turned them away, and they were coming for free. So if y'all ain't making no money, and you got three free people trying to help me, why would you turn them away? Right. Well, that's what happened. My best friend, she got exonerated. She did 13 years. They tried to say um, her and her husband killed their little ba- her baby. Um, they was in the Army, happily married, had a baby. Two, two or three days later, the baby, um, she took the baby to the hospital and the baby ended up dying. Well, the, the head, something had a concussion, something in the head with the brain or whatever. But yeah, they charged them people, gave them life without parole sentence and put them in prison. She'd been fighting, fighting, fighting. Did you know the people from out of state, Wisconsin Innocence Project and people all came together and got her out and exonerated her. The DA, they apologized to her at trial. Like, Georgia, y'all so crazy about trying to convict people. Y'all are convict these innocent, happily married people. It's <laughs> so it's it's, it's it should be. And it broke her family up. 
it should be illegal. Like, like, on God, it should be reckless endangerment. I feel like they should be charged. I really do. I really do. But outside of all that, on a lighter note, yes, you guys were definitely missed um, last week. And um, I don't really, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even checked my email. I got 932 emails. I, I, I just, I don't have time right now. So I haven't even checked emails um, to even see what I got going on. I had to go get another cell phone today because now that I've been doing, girl, three, now that I've been doing more research, um, calling around, I do not want my personal number being the number I call from um, or just having people call and, you know, be with crazy conversation or plan. You know, I just, um, I just don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm trying to separate um, how I do different things or whatever, but I haven't checked them emails. So I'm quite sure people don't ask questions and then gave comments or whatever. And I will definitely check them um sometime this weekend or whatever but i know they they love you guys <laughs> they definitely they definitely love you guys i mean you know hey what what is what is bonus friday without jojo and michelle like you know we already know yeah we already wow. know but yeah it's been the girl over here done bought law books um I've been I've been doing some research. My mom was like, let, let just be honest. Are are you trying are you are you about to become a lawyer? I'm like, hell no. I I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to do that to myself because I, I just feel like it's a you make a lot of promises when you want something and then when you get in those positions, you just get all corrupt and just as dirty as, as everybody else. And I'm not selling my soul well, whatsoever. You won't, you won't, baby. You won't because I got my lawyer, Janice May, and she's the best. I'm saying she's an angel from heaven. Yes, I'm telling you, I, I will, I, I will definitely uh co-sign that one because she, she definitely did her thing with you for real, yes. and I saw that with my own two eyes. God sent her to me. I prayed exactly. I prayed exactly what I wanted, and she was everything down to the T, down yeah. to the price, down to the personality, the passion, everything. What I paid for, her. and hey. It happened. Yeah, in in due time, in due time. That's that's the one thing I think um, people have to really, really understand. They gotta respect time. Just things, just for whatever reason, don't happen how we want it to happen and when we want it to happen, but it's happening. You know, I even try to tell my husband all the time, like, you know, I know you're frustrated. I know you want this to work and that to work. It's working. You just don't see it working, but but it's it's working. You know. Um, yeah, it's working. Um, and I say that to all the families who I talk to, it's working, you know, it just, it just, just not, we just can't see it. That's your motto. It's working. It's working. It's working. It's my season. Yeah, it's working. It's definitely working. So ladies, it's, 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 um, it's getting warm out there. Um, yes. I was about to say sun, sundress shawties. <laughs> Y'all want to be in skirts and sundresses. It's, it's getting hot out there. God, we're so sick of this. Me either, girl. I know y'all ready to just 
take them off and take off, take them off and take off running. <laughs> Girl, exactly. Go streaking. That's the first thing. I'm going to do. Say you going streaking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Cancun. They got these new resort. I think I'm going to go to. Cause I just gotta let it hang out. I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been covered it with my chest been on for too long. <laughs> so you gotta let it hang out. You sick? You sick of it? <laughs> you sick of it? That is too funny, Jojo. I don't even want to hear what your crazy ass got to say. You done said the Christian skirt, the long skirt with the split. <sighs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna wear with the Reebok. <laughs> If you you throw the right shit, that people still wear coochie though, like what dudes do. But I still got my coochie stuff. I got all my Versace jeans, the 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 lime green, the orange, the red, the American flag, the Canadian flag. I got all my Versace stuff too. I got a I got a lot of my stuff too. Well, they do, but you know, back back like ninety ninety six ninety seven, that was the the um that was the that was the era where everything was like them loud ass colors. You know what I'm saying? Like the lime green, the yellow, the orange, all that kind of stuff. So I still have all that stuff. Oh yeah, you remember Gigi Hunter? Yes. Girl, I got so much. So, Michelle, you got too much stuff. I said, we well, just keep it. We can, we can, we gonna get it to somebody who appreciate it. But you know what? Too, um, I wonder, like with vintage clothing like that. You know, I, I'm sure it's it's shoppers that shop for that for like TVs and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when they try to go back. So I would definitely hold on to that because there's people that go shopping for that, especially when they're trying to do, you know, some movies from whatever era. You know, that's where they get it from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when I do my movie. Especially when we do 90s. Oh, yeah, you want to be all in clothes. <laughs> from beginning to end. <laughs> huh? What would you, if we have the 90s, it's the best part of them. I can't think of my friend had a '90s skip party for his birthday. He saved so they had so much fun. Yeah, I like um, I like '80s and '90s parties. Honestly, I really do. I I really, really do. I the music and everything. Like it's just so fulfilling. So much different than what the hell we listening to now. 
I still throw on my Tupac and my Biggie and, you know, all of that. My Jay-Z, all of that. I, I still listen to Yeah, I still listen to all that stuff. But yes, guys, I appreciate you for jumping on your segment. <laughs> well, and I definitely appreciate you guys for for um, you know, sharing sharing your time with um with with uh other people who want to use their voice and want to talk about you know what they have going on and and just the injustices that they face and their experiences with the prison system and you know with these stories definitely i will share them with you and of course you know you just give your inside thoughts or you know advice or whatever to the people that's going through this because nobody's gonna know like you guys know i only know from the outside um you know, from a supportive standpoint, but I have not been in those shoes. And I just pray every day that, you know, I don't even want to get pulled over. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) I don't even want to get pulled over. And all my papers are legit, but some kind of way, you know what I'm saying? Just as as legit as it can be, it could be something else. So I, I just don't know, but I appreciate you ladies for, um, for checking in with me. And, um, any last words, ladies? Yes. Rashida, I love I thank you for creating this platform for people like me and Michelle and everybody who's incarcerated. But I want to um, definitely have some words for Matthew and his family. Just keep having that immeasurable faith and just keep believing and, and, and put God first in every single situation and and, 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 and things are going to work out. It's bound to happen. So. Yes, I stand in full agreement. I want to piggyback off that. Just keep looking at things on, in the spiritual world. Then with before him, that death penalty, that ain't, got, that ain't even for him. That's just something there because he needs to be, while he's in there, introspect, what he's doing, do an introspection and see what's going on within himself. And whatever God wants him to do, listen and follow and and stay positive no matter what stay helping people stay optimistic and i promise that he will be out of there soon i don't know how long but he's going to be out of there it's definitely not going to be no death or life without parole or nothing like that god is going to give him his freedom he really is i'm telling you i know that amen and i definitely i definitely um I definitely co-sign both of what you ladies said. And like I said, it's so many other people who have reached out to me. So ladies, y'all got work to do. Y'all got, y'all got some advice to give out. You know, as it comes to me, I will send it to you guys because like I said, you know, your voices are just as important um, to them because you, you understand it. You, you share those same stories. So I love you guys. We love you more. I appreciate you. We appreciate you more. And and till next Friday, this is Conversations with myself, Michelle, say Michelle. And the lovely Michelle. Jojo, say Jojo. Uh, Jojo. (laughs) Bye, ladies. Bye. Now, guys, I'm going to give my thoughts. In the eyes of Chad 
and Christy, and I'm sure Ashley, John is a hero. A hero is a person who is admired or idolized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. And I honestly could not disagree with that at all. He actually saved the lives of three minors, himself, as well as Ashley. So I definitely think that he deserves a medal. John Kite is doing 30 years. He should never have been locked up for protecting these kids as well as Ashley. Him being a a convicted felon should have never been an issue once the details came to surface. I actually feel like charges and the case should have been dismissed. Due to Florida law, whether you're a convicted felon or not, you do have the right to stand your ground. Everything about this case, guys, just completely pisses me off. It completely pisses me off. This should have never happened. Um, This is a classic case of self-defense. But if I had to flip it to the other player, I would definitely give it reckless conduct, child endangerment, cruelty to children, and the fact that you were within a thousand feet of a church. There are so many charges that should have been brought on um, to the other player in, in, in this story. Um, it should have never just been Chris and I'm sorry, it should have never just been John and Ashley. There were three adults. Three adults and only two are being held responsible for everything that took place. And I just think it's ridiculous. Um, My family and friends are now concerned about how um, (laughs) these cases are going to affect me because I am a humanitarian by nature. I'm a protector. I do not like to see people done wrong. And the injustices that I'm seeing now, it's just sickening to me. And the more I hear how the law plays into this, it's completely disgusting. Like, I promise you, I do not even want to get pulled over for absolutely anything. Um, as squeaky clean as my record is, um, I've never been ticketed. Thank God. You know, hey, knock on wood. But um, I don't even want to get pulled over. You know, it's it's really starting to... It's really starting to be clear to me that not only... Is this a race card um, in a lot of these cases? It's also about money. It is also about money. Money rules everything. Um, if these were rich people that this happened to, we probably would never even hear any of these cases because guess what? They would never even make it that far. And that is the honest to God truth. Ray, I hate to play the race card, but the card has been thrown on the table and it is what it is. And of course, money, 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 money. Um, and those those are my thoughts, guys. Those are my thoughts. Like I, I the conversation I had with JoJo and Michelle, like I said, was a very deep conversation. This probably was, like I said, probably one of the most serious um, conversations that we had thus far. Um, I'm very appreciative for everyone taking the time out to do these interviews with me. I know some people reliving these moments are not easy. 
And I am just glad that, you know, I have been chosen to share their story. I am completely, completely appreciative of this. And this is what my platform is for. It's not only to tell my journey um, with my husband, the ups and downs, the obstacles, you know, the love, the encouragement, the positivity. You know, I'm I'm always trying to tear down the negative layers behind having an incarcerated spouse. But now my platform has been opened up for people to come tell their stories, their injustices, their families' injustices, the stories that they share, the experiences um, when it comes to the prison system. So again, guys, thank you so much to everybody, the listeners, the subscribers, um, the ones who are telling their stories. I really, really appreciate it. And guys, that is it for part two of bonus episode 11. Now, before I conclude, please keep in mind that if you want to subscribe, it is $4.99 a month or $55 for an entire year. That is exclusive content. That is early access to episodes. So much more comes in um, with this subscription. And... Everything else is free to listen to, guys. Everything else is free to listen to. The bonus episodes, um, some things have been switched up, changed around due to me being asked to allow people to tell their story. And again, that's what I'm here for. I don't know how much change I can make, but I'm going to do my damnedest to try. I have been buying legal books. I have been doing everything to get myself prepared as I go into season two. I want to be very versed. I want to be educated, knowledgeable when I talk to people. And I also want to make sure I understand my rights when it comes down to, you know, how I do these interviews, because I will not take it lightly if people start coming for me. Trust me when I tell you, I literally just had to go purchase a whole nother cell phone so that I can use that phone when I do my interviews. And when I start calling around, you know, asking questions and investigating and doing things like that, you know, I have to protect myself. I have to protect my family. I have to protect my friends, but I will tell you this this my husband does not play about his wife neither does my brother play about his sister and my family doesn't play about me so I'm gonna make sure I do everything that I can to keep it peaceful to keep it educational to keep it informative and respecting all parties involved Thank you again, guys, for tuning in. Thank you so much, so much for being on this journey with me. Again, this is bonus episode 11, part two. Again, thank you guys for joining me on yet another bonus episode. Thank you for all of your continued support. If you want to come onto the podcast and tell your story or your loved one's story, please email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website, wetlockchronicles.com.